The Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut is pleased to bring you this broadcast of Shi'ar Jeshub featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing my husband's sermon from 1 Samuel chapter 5, part of the ongoing Through the Bible series on Heavenly Authority. When we left off last time, the Ark of the Covenant had been captured by the Philistines and placed in the temple of their pagan god Dagon in Ashdod, one of the five key Philistine cities. At the end of the program, I will be giving you an address to write to us, so have a paper and pen ready. But now let's go back into the service and rejoin Pastor Greg as he reads from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 5 and verse 3. And when the people of Ashdod arose early in the morning, there was Dagon fallen on its face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and set it in his place again. They got to take their God and pick it up. Their God is housed in that idol and put him back where they feel he belongs because by the power of the Almighty, that statue is knocked down. And you have to ask yourself this question throughout what I'm going to read here in chapter 5. Ask yourself the question, given what happens, wouldn't you think, would not you believe that not only would the Philistines come to fear the power of God, come to respect the power associated with this Ark of the Covenant, but wouldn't you think they would recognize the worthlessness of Dagon and the worthlessness of their idolatry to the point that they would turn from it, turn from their empty religion and say, hey, let's, let's find out about this God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You would think so. Look what happens here and see how they interpret it. Verse 4, and when they arose early the next morning, there was Dagon, fallen on his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. The head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were broken off on the threshold. Only Dagon's torso was left of it. So the second time, God destroys it. They didn't get the message the first time that he brought down this false god. So this time, by the power of God, it just falls over. These were large huge statues. It falls down and the hands and the head are broken off, only the torso remains together. Looks like those statues you see from ancient Greece where you know the head's missing, the arm's missing, and the hands and the head are on the threshold, on the door sill. How would you interpret that? How powerful, how worthy is this God? Well look what superstitious religious people interpret it. Verse 5, Therefore, neither the priests of Dagon, nor any who come into Dagon's house, tread on the threshold of Dagon and Ashdod to this day. Don't step on the threshold. Why? Dagon's hands and his head were there. So now the threshold, which really became like the block on which Dagon is beheaded by Almighty God, becomes sacred. Now they're ready to worship 
the threshold. Don't step on it. Step over it. Jump over it, because it's holy. Rather than saying, hey, you know, this thing is all broken up before the, the ark of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they just kind of pick up the pieces, they rebuild their Dagon, and now that place becomes holy. A wrong, totally wrong interpretation. How God can do a miracle in the midst of people, and some will walk away and interpret it 180 degrees from what he meant. Reasonable people would say this is to show them how worthless, how empty their idol is. But no, in their superstition, now the threshold itself, the block itself, becomes holy. Verse 6. But the hand of the Lord was heavy on the people of Ashdod, and he ravaged them and struck them with tumors. And it says in the Septuagint, it adds in the Vulgate, and in the midst of their land, rats sprang up, and there was a great death panic in the city. Later on, we will read for sure in all the manuscripts that rats also were associated with these tumors coming out. So they're, they're breaking out in tumors, and Ashdod and all its territory, the city and the area around it, are struck because why? The hand of the Lord was heavy on the people. And that expression, the hand of the Lord, is used over and over in the Bible. It means the great personal power of God. God's direct intervention into the affairs of the people. His hand is there. It's on the people. The direct intervention of his might and his glory. It can speak of his power in creation, how he is the one who creates, his hand creates. In Psalm 8 and verse 6, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. And the creation itself is spoken about as the work of God's hand. It can mean judgment for those who are against God, as it does here with Ashdod, or as in Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 15. For indeed the hand of the Lord was against them to destroy them until they were consumed. So when God intervenes personally, when he takes the active role, it could be creative as when he creates the whole universe. He individually comes upon a people and if those people are not his, if they're against him, that hand, that visitation, that personal manifestation brings judgment. But if the people are his, are truly his, the hand of the Lord means mercy and loving kindness. In Psalm 37 and verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. And it also means not only the mercy and loving kindness and the strength God gives his people by his outstretched hand, but it also can speak about the revelation when God visits his people, when his hand is upon his people, there is revelation in Ezekiel chapter 1 and verse 3. The word of the Lord came expressly to Ezekiel, the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans, and the hand of the Lord was upon him there. 
Then I looked and behold a whirlwind and Ezekiel sees visions. He gets revelation because God is personally involved in his life. It's like you take your hand and you put it on your child's shoulder and say, I want to tell you something. You know, you pat their heads. God touches us. He gives us his loving kindness. He gives us his revelation. But to those who are his enemies, his hand, his outstretched hand, is a hand of judgment. And when he comes here now in Ashdod, who have taken the Ark of the Covenant, the hand of the Lord, it says here, is heavy on the people. 1 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 7. And when the men of Ashdod saw how it was, they said, The ark of the God of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand is harsh toward us, and Dagon our God, he's hurting our God. What should that tell them about their God? Wouldn't you think? Therefore, they sent and gathered to themselves all the lords of the Philistines and said, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? What do we do with it? And they answered, let the ark of the God of Israel be carried away to Gath. So they go to the second one of the five key cities. So they carry the ark of the God of Israel away. It's becoming like a what? It's like a hot potato now. We, here, you take it. And they give it to the people at Gath. So it was after they had carried it away that the hand of the Lord was against the city with a very great destruction and he struck the men of the city both small and great. The lords are being affected also. And tumors broke out on them. Therefore, they sent the ark of God to Ekron. Let's try it over there. Let's see if it works over there. They take the hot potato and they throw it to Ekron. So it was, as the ark of God came to Ekron, that the Ekronites cried out, saying, They have brought the ark of the God of Israel to us to kill us and our people. They don't want any part of it. So they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, Send away the ark of the God of Israel and let it go back to its own place so that it does not kill us and our people. For there was a deadly destruction throughout all the city and the hand of God was very heavy there. And the men who did not die were stricken with the tumors and the cry of the city went up to heaven. God is bringing great destruction down. He's judging these pagan cities. You have to imagine when they first captured the ark at Ebenezer, they must have said, wow, we have this sacred object. Now we're going to have all this power. We're going to be blessed. We have this talisman. We have this charm. We can touch it, and it's going to bless our temple. We'll put it in the temple, the house of Dagon. And all it's brought is destruction because it's not some charm. They did not count on the God who was behind the symbol. Chapter 6. Now the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. So there's a seven-month period of judgment. It's a holy number. God is judging his people for seven months. And the Philistines called for the priests and diviners. They are pagan priests and they are diviners. Saying, what shall we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us how we should send it to his place. How are we going to get rid of it? By what means do we get rid of it and restore things to normal? They want to send it back. They're trying to make it right. They want to make offerings. And they understood in those days that if you wanted to pacify, if the God felt you trespassed, you needed to appease it some way. 
and they took the truth of the sacrifices of Abel and they perverted it into superstition. So they want to make offerings also to pacify this God who has been heavy on them and heavy on their God, Dagon. Tell us how we should send it to its place. And you know, they're great for making gold images, so part of their solution and offering will be idolatry also. You have been listening to the teaching ministry of Greg Scalzo, pastor of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. I know that it is difficult in today's fast-paced world to take time to write, but if you could drop us a postcard, your words of encouragement are most appreciated. Our address is Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. That address again is Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Sunday service for Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle is held in Madison, Connecticut at the Madison Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. We are in the upper room of the yellow and white brick building. If you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, we welcome you to join us for worship, prayer, the Lord's Supper, and study in God's holy word. May the Lord keep you safe in his blessed hands, as with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you serve him.